I don't ask anybody's question but yours. Is he in? He is! Dungey with another touchdown run! Because you're an idiot. It's not how tall, it's how long, and Warwick got a piece of that. And really, a disloyal person. And a few other things I could add, but I'll, I'm not going to. Ennis, two seconds. He'll get a shot off on the way. Got it! He hit it! He hit the shot! All right, we've had our 24-hour decompressed period now. Syracuse on the backburners of that loss to Louisville. We'll get into a little bit of everything that happened in that game and get to some Georgia Tech stuff later on, including we'll open up the prop shop here on Locked on Syracuse. I'm Tyler Aki. I'll be joined by Tim Leonard momentarily. You can follow the show at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. And we thank you for listening, wherever you may be listening. And Hey, maybe you're going about your your Saturday, your weekend, trying to catch up on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Again, we put out episodes for you every single day. And sometimes the most convenient way is to use your smart speaker, whether it be Google Home or what I have in my home, the Alexa. All you have to do is say, hey, Alexa, please play the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Here's Locked On Syracuse, daily podcast on Syracuse orange football and basketball from TuneIn. And boom, that's another great way for you to catch up and and listen to all your pods. Maybe you're cooking dinner. Maybe you're cleaning the house. Whatever you may be doing, we thank you for joining us here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Now, the testy, testy Jim Beheim press conference has continued to be one of the main talking points lately. Now, when you look at everything that went down, I wasn't there. So I don't know exactly what the atmosphere of all that was like. But one guy who was there is the one, the only, Matthew Gutierrez, and he joins us now here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it, Tyler. Glad to be on. Anytime. All right, so now you're back in Syracuse. Let's just start with this, all right? So so Jim Beheim was obviously critical of your piece that you wrote on the film breakdown. What would your response be to some of the things he said in terms of the the fatigue and, and the the film breakdown of the defense as well. Yeah, I would say I think he was alluding some of those numbers. He was alluding to an article on the site Noon's Magician. Um, yeah, that basically broke down how bad some of the. I'm not gonna. We we, we don't even name names right now. But how bad some of the defenders are on Syracuse, uh, kind of the lower end uh, of college hoops. You know, it was laid out in that in that film breakdown. So I appreciate you you mentioning that. Um, the fatigue thing, you know, we had we had touched on. A couple of players had had told me that uh, fatigue was an issue. Uh, you see, uh, and it's it's you don't even need to ask the players. You, when you see them huffing and puffing uh, late in the first half, late in the second half, it's fatigue. When you see the two point shooting percentage go from thirty seven percent in the first quarter of the halves to about 27%. The only thing that you can account there is fatigue, right? They're, it's not like they're just not getting, they're not a good offense all of a sudden in the last four minutes. Um, you know, everything else, all the other variables are pretty much the same. And then all of a sudden they're just not hitting shots because guys are tired, their legs are tired. They've been playing up and down uh, with really few subs besides, besides Quincy uh, off the bench as the sixth man. So, uh, that would, that's what I would say there, and just anytime you you blindly uh, take a shot at analytics or uh, rest, that you know pretty much. 
much every NBA team abides by, you know, you, you probably are going to lose a lot of people that, that would support that argument just by negating analytics altogether or stats. Uh, right. It doesn't help your argument for sure. Exactly. And so you bring up some players have told you that the, there have been issues with fatigue and stuff like that. Does that kind of speak? Is there a disconnect maybe between Bayheim and some of his players? Uh, yeah, there might be. Um, you know, I think on one hand, guys want to play, right? They're on full scholarships. They're at Syracuse. They want to be on the court, obviously. They want to start um, and get shots and, and get in the flow of the game, not be on the bench, not be seen as maybe not tough, because sometimes that can be perceived as you're not tough, right, if you ask for a breather. Um, I think all that certainly plays a role, and, and maybe there is, uh, I haven't had this reported, but maybe there's kind of an underlying fear that the bench isn't good enough to score, right? You're worried that if you're on the bench, who's coming in? Someone that's going to turn the ball over or not know what they're doing in the zone, which we've seen. Uh, so that could be kind of an unsaid fear that guys, uh, you know, it would be very reasonable to, to see that happening. Right. So, okay, you, you've been to a number of Jim Beheim press conferences throughout your time, be it with The Athletic, your time in school at the Daily Orange. Where does that one rank in terms of the ones you've been to? It's, it's definitely up there. It's not, it's not probably category one. Um, Storm, maybe like two-ish. It was more of a okay. classic rant one. It wasn't anything horrible. Uh, I didn't come out of total left field. We know... Um, and to his credit, he doesn't use a lot of film for his team, and that's actually probably worked in his favor. Um, a lot, a lot of teams pour over film, and Syracuse views hardly any film. They practice the least amount in the country. They don't have shootarounds, so it's no surprise they hardly hardly use analytics. Um, or maybe maybe you know the assistants look at them, but it's not really part of their strategy in meeting with players. Um, so that wasn't all that surprising, just maybe the, the manner in which he said it so so bluntly was. Uh, I would say the probably the favorite press conference that I've been a, that I've witnessed was at the Sweet 16 in 2018, uh, before, before I guess it was round of 32 in Detroit before Syracuse oh, played yep. mm-hmm. Michigan State to go to the Sweet 16. He defended Tony Bennett after they lost in the in the uh, yeah. first first round and said that you know Tony was a top three coach in college hoops he said he talked about Marek Dolzhai's quote bond cheerleader girlfriend for uh, a couple minutes uh, um, I think there was one or two other funny things that, and that one was one of the longer ones I've ever seen it's probably closer to 20-30 minutes um, on an off day in between games yeah, but, yeah there's definitely a few a few candidates for that's for national media Bayheim press conference right there Yes, people love that. You know, got, he got a nice barstool sports mention. ESPN ran a story about his press conference. Ken Palm himself uh, took humor in it. Yeah, he didn't take it too serious. Uh, he was roasted for stats that aren't even on his site. Right, those are so, all synergy uh, sports. I mean, if we, it's kind of like uh, not to get too political, but it was a little bit. And regardless of anyone's political affiliation, a little bit like a Trump speech. Which uh, is funny because so many different. <laughs> directions that you, it's just like you have to keep pausing after every sentence to kind of digest right said. which is funny because his <laughs> thoughts on our president are very well known from his press conferences in fact so 
okay, aside from the the analytics part, which you and I both disagree with his stance on it, and we disagree with his stance on the fatigue, what else did you agree and disagree with from what he said after the Louisville game? Uh, yeah, there's definitely some some fair points in that. You know, I agree. How can yep. you say, oh, this basket was Buddy Beheim's fault, this basket was purely Joe Girard's fault, especially in the zone because there's so many moving parts. One thing comes down to the other. Uh, they impact each other a lot, right? If one guy beats one guy off the dribble and then passes to someone else, um, there's a couple of things that maybe would go wrong, and that's kind of outlined in the film review um, uh, that we did on Monday. And funny enough, Louisville, in the beginning of the game, it was someone that joked on Twitter, but it might not be a joke that, you know, Louisville coach Chris Mack watched or read that story. Because a few times early in the game, Louisville <laughs> did that play where they go wing to, to uh, baseline cutter, and it was wide open yeah. for a couple of easy baskets uh, early in the game, which is exactly what NC State and Florida State did. Um, and Florida State could not be stopped in the final four minutes of that game last Saturday, a very winnable game for Syracuse. Um, could, could have uh, seen one or two stops to win that game. Instead, they gave up 16 points down the stretch. Several They were in the same play twice in the final 90 seconds to win the game. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a certain result. But yeah, as far as Bayham's point was right, you know, you can't always pinpoint whose fault it was. Uh, he said this team has shown a lot of fight, which they sure, certainly have. Uh, although at times in the second half last night, um, it seemed like they didn't care at the end of the game, which you don't want to see. Uh, and there's great guys on the team, but that wasn't cool at all, I don't think. If you're if any Syracuse fans, there's that, uh, you know, jogging up the court, uh, letting Louisville dunk in transition up the 25 and uh, just sloppy, kind of an ugly game from uh, the beginning of the second, the whole second half really was was not fun to watch, almost unwatchable, uh, just from a pure basketball standpoint. Yeah, the thing to me that really stuck out that I, listen, I, I largely agreed with, or disagreed with a number of Bayheim's points in, and I've made it clear the, the fatigue stuff I didn't agree with um, and, and then all the analytics stuff I didn't agree with but one thing that I certainly will back him up on was when he says his guys play hard because they have played their tails off all season long. And, and really, he has squeezed the last bits of pulp from this team. And I just think you're seeing the, the side effects of it now uh, when you look at the, the crumbling at the end of these games. All right, sit tight. Matthew will be right back with me when we return. We're going to talk about more of what we want to see out of Syracuse for the rest of the season. That's coming up, Locked on Syracuse. All right, we're not saying it's time to throw in the towel. There's still at least six games left to be played for this Syracuse team here in the 2020 portion of this season, but it's time to start thinking about some other things with this team because there are a lot of pieces on here that are going to be important for you moving down the road, and this is something, Matthew, that Tim and I have talked a little bit about on some of our previous episodes. What exactly do we want to see out of this team moving forward? And I think your insight is going to be pretty interesting into to what we want and what Syracuse fans should expect down the stretch. But are there certain players, are there certain aspects of the, the defense, the offense that you want to see improve? Because right now, the chances of Syracuse and most of the teams in fact, in the ACC, of actually making to the NCAA tournament are hinging on them potentially winning the ACC tournament, 
which both you and I think is kind of infeasible at this point. Yeah, these last five regular season games, you imagine one or two in the ACC tournament, and then uh, one or two in the NIT probably, or maybe three or four, but um, although historically Syracuse has not performed well in the right. NIT, yeah. uh, just because for, for various reasons, but um, one of them probably effort effort level. Um, you know, as we saw a couple years ago, no one right. seemed to care on Syracuse. Well, in front of a yeah, that Ole Miss game was crowd ugly. The dome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think definitely this these final few weeks are are about um, you know as cliche as it is so, you know representing the team and the program like you don't just because you're out of it go out and just kind of nonchalant um, you do represent um, the team and I think it, it's a it's still so, several key weeks for a young team that needs more work to prepare for next season you you imagine everyone's back. Uh, we don't know about Jalen Carey if he'll be back, and we don't know about Elijah Hughes, but everyone else I think will be back uh, with the team, and that is one encouraging thing. You would imagine they're going to be getting a graduate transfer, two freshmen, Woody Newton and Kadari Richmond, who are going to have to play right away, especially Woody Newton in the front court, um, and you would imagine a graduate transfer in the front court too, so they're going to need to see some more Jesse Edwards, I think, and Bryson Goodine. Uh, as well, because uh, Robert Braswell, who you'd like to see, but he's, he's not playing the rest of the season. Uh, so and we saw Jesse had a nice block in the end of the game, which was kind of refreshing because we haven't seen that really at all out of the center position. Someone with a seven foot four wingspan that Jesse has to go out and block someone from the you know fifteen foot range. Um, so I like to see. Hopefully, we can see more of him. Quincy's development will be critical. Qu- Quincy can be a monster next year um, if he can start hitting shots that's what some some people in the program have said that he, he's scoring everything on putbacks if, if he can right. be a shooter at some point which he is in practice then he will he could go for 15 a game next year uh, 15 and 8 you know 15 and 10 something like that but he also needs to stay out of foul trouble so there are a few encouraging things that we can that we can look for in the last few weeks here um, despite you know second probably the second NIT year in the last so, okay, I'm glad you brought up Jesse Edwards there because that's the name that I think is going to be the focal point or should be the focal point of these final handful of games, whether it's six games, whether it's ten games, whatever it ends up being down the stretch. You've got a lot of chances now for him to, I guess per se, get meaningful minutes, albeit in meaningless games. Is that something that you think we're going to see? Are we going to see more Jesse Edwards now down the stretch? I think we, we will a little bit, you know. Uh, I don't know if we'll see him a ton because he's a little bit, he's still raw offensively. He's probably the most skilled center Syracuse has, just pure shooting touch. You see his free throw shot is nice. Uh, you see he has a nice jump hook. He's just a little nervous in games and, and needs more time to you know, develop a sense of confidence, right? I don't, I don't know if he's, he's played enough to really get in any sort of groove uh, during games either. So he's, he's certainly promising. Coach Allen Griffin recruited him late in the cycle last last year about this time out of IMG Academy um, in Florida. It just needed some size and some length, and Jesse was available. Jesse had some, some light interest from Stanford and Georgia Tech. Uh, chose Syracuse once they offered him pretty much right away. He picked Syracuse. It's a great, 
great kid. I think he works hard. And, and uh, he, his goal this year was never to play. It was to just practice a lot and try right. to get better for next season. Yeah, and that's part of why I, I've been saying it feels like he's ahead of his development now. And, I mean, this is a guy who picked up a basketball, what, like five, six years ago? Five, six years ago, yeah. And, and now he's he's playing in ACC games. So I, I think you've got a chance now to, to give him meaningful minutes, albeit in games that probably won't do much for your NCAA tournament hopes. And I think, okay, throw him out there against Armando Baycott for a little bit and just, just see what happens. See what happens and... And you never know. Maybe he, he gets a little confidence from something like that, going up against a five-star. But we'll see. Matthew Gutierrez, a pleasure as always. Check out his work on theathletic.com. And subscribe to The Athletic. I mean, listen, I don't subscribe to a lot of journal, especially paid journalism, but The Athletic is worth every penny I put down for it. So, Matthew, a big reason why i i subscribe to the athletic thank you so much for your work there for your film breakdowns even if they do get you in trouble sometimes keep up the good work all right i appreciate it what do you have coming up on the athletic uh, confidential man oh, okay <laughs> i was giving you a chance to give a little plug for what you got yeah no i got you. we got some more recruiting coming up we'll probably have something a little bit uh deeper on elijah hughes and his growth as a player we'll have something on probably his draft stock later mm. uh, we'll have some more like, like i said more recruiting uh something on john wallace who stirs okay. retired to carry them next week um and a few other a few other stories before the end of the year uh some of these guys and uh, then some forward looks headed into the off season and, and you know i think at this point kind of turn to to next year at this point all right well, you can check all his work out, theathletic.com. Keep up the great work, Matthew. When we come back, Tim Leonard will rejoin me and we'll get to what we want to see out of this Syracuse team for the rest of the season. That's coming up on Locked on Syracuse. All right, awesome stuff from Goody, as we always get here on Locked on Syracuse. Now I bring back in Tim Leonard. And Tim, it's time to debut the prop shop. This is something you and I are both excited about. We love talking about these hypothetical lines of things <laughs> that we're going to set here on the prop shop. We're going to go through a number of things that we're expecting to see from this Georgia Tech game, and we'll put a value on them. So let's just start with something simple here, all right? You you guys all know how this works. Over, under, we're going to take sides on them. We'll start we'll with this Buddy... this a running series, though, I feel Yeah, like. no, I feel absolutely. Like we should keep tabs here. This would be yes. fun. Agreed, agreed. We'll, we'll we'll make this into a little competition between the two of us. If you're Team Tim, you can you can hashtag it, hashtag Team Tim LO Syracuse, or you can be hashtag Team Tyler LO Syracuse. Let us know what <laughs> side you fall on. So, let's get into the props here. We'll start with something simple. Buddy Bayheim's threes. He's a guy who averages 3.3 three-pointers made per game. Will he go over or under three in this contest? I'm going to take the over. Didn't he have, like, eight against Georgia Tech last six. time? Six, yeah. yeah. They were all in the second half, and that game was kind of an outlier for what is to come. But I think Buddy had three last game on ten attempts. He's going to keep shooting. I, I'm going to take the over slightly here. I bet he has four. See, I'm going to go against you here. All right, I know he had the great game against Georgia Tech last time, but this is a Georgia Tech team that's one of the best in the country in defending against the three-pointer. They're holding their opponents under 30%. That's 18th in the nation. So I'm going to go with the under on threes here. I think the Orange might have a little bit of a struggle 
against uh, the Yellow Jackets in this one. Next up, our favorite. And he gets <laughs> to it almost every game. But Barama Sidibe fouls. We're setting it at four and a half. Tim, uh, where are you? It's so pathetic that that is a very realistic over-under. That's what it's come to. He's fouled out in five <laughs> of the last six games. So yeah. I'm taking the over here. He's going to foul out again. I mean, why? what makes you think... Also, I can't imagine rooting against Sidibe to foul if, like, we actually put money <laughs> if this on this. this was a real prop. Can you imagine the stress that you would have any time the ball went down low, any time anyone did any resemblance of a punt fake? <laughs> any time I mean, he's chuck, checked into the game? Right. Just for the sake of not wanting to be on that side and maybe having to have heart pills or something if you had real money on the under, I'm going to And this is one over. of the things, too. It's stressful. Say Dolezal gets two fouls because then you know, oh, Sidibe's got to play a little bit more. Or Garrier's yeah. got two fouls. Oh, Sidibe's got to play a little bit more. Tyler, the guy had five fouls in 11 minutes against Louisville. <laughs> I mean, I think the over, you've got to take the over. Yes, here, right? no, I'm with you. I'm going to go over the four and a half here. Next up, how many guys will play in this game? We're setting that line at seven and a half right here. So the last time out, I mean, Syracuse unloaded the bench. There are guys who, I mean, <laughs> we know cannot play in this game that played Looking last time. Looking at you, it, Sean Belby. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Syracuse, their second largest margin of victory of the season, came against these Yellow Jackets in a 34-point win back on December 7th. But seven and a half, will we see eight guys or fewer than eight guys in this matchup? You know, that's a t that's a good over-under. I'll say over, I guess. I think I've been saying over for all these, but... Yeah, you're, you're just Joe so, Public over there. Yeah. Loving your <laughs> so, overs. Slightly over for me, because it really comes down to, will Sidibe get in foul trouble, which is a yes, <laughs> or will Dolajai get in foul trouble, which is also probably a yes, because then that brings in Edwards which gets you to at least seven. And Jim has been playing more of either Howie or Goodine in the first half. All they have to do is check in at one point. Right. And they both checked in in the first half last game. So I think we could even get to nine if everything lines up. So I'll take eight at the Ooh. over. I'm going to go with the under. I think we get a clean seven. I'm not going to say this is going to be one of those games where only Garrier comes off the bench, but I think we're going to get a clean seven. So By the way, I, I think the this should on, yeah. definitely hit the over. If I'm Jim Beheim, as we said. I agree. I want to see it hit the over, but yeah. I don't think it will. Right. I, I just don't think it will. Next up, the attendance after Syracuse coming off three straight losses, three tough losses. However you want to define tough, that's how you can describe the last three losses. 18,000 is what I'm going to set it at. Man. I'm taking the under. <laughs> like... Why would you go to this game? And I'll be there because, you know, I kind of want to see Jim Beheim's press conference, and I'll be there tweeting out the game for Locked on Syracuse, but I don't know. I just don't see why it would hit over here. We've seen – it's a Saturday. I guess they've got that going for them. We've seen 22-23 in the last couple home games, but this is different. This season's over now. I'm going to roll here – I think 18,000 is a, a good number that we set it at, too. But on this, I'm going to roll with the over. And I think it could just gets slightly over. I think the whole weekend aspect certainly plays into it. The Notre Dame game earlier this year, I think, got about 19,000. And the season kind of felt like it was in a similar state of affairs. It's just a Saturday. I'm sure tickets won't be that expensive. 
There's not a lot to do right now this time of year. Maybe you're going skiing or something like that, but that's really it. So I'm going to go slightly over. I think it'll be about 19 or 20. They will obviously announce about one or 2,000 extra, as most teams do. I would agree. Yeah, that's not a Syracuse-specific thing. The real attendance will be under 18K. I I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into some Bayheim presser props here because I think (laughs) we've got some good things that we could talk about with this one. All right, first off, how many times will Jim Bayheim cut off a reporter before they finish their question? I'm setting the number at three and a half. This is an over for me. He cuts off basically every question. <laughs> and I guess we have to classify what a cutoff is. I'm not saying like in a negative way, but if you ask him a question and you finish your point and get to the end of your question without him starting his answer, it's pretty rare, right? Like we've been to a lot of these press conferences. Sometimes he just kind of gathers what they're trying to say, and sometimes people are long-winded, and that's part of the problem. Right. But he he basically does it every question. I mean, I, it's tough to define a cutoff, I guess. We should but. do standings next year for reporters, and anytime you get <laughs> a full fun. question in, you get a point. Yeah, let's probably do that. get wind of we that. Could do that and... We could do that for the rest of the season, and we could do it for for all of next season. Yes, we're doing yeah, this. We're I'm doing in on this because we we still got about half a dozen games left here. I'll tell you so. right now, Mike Waters has tough Vegas odds to get in his <laughs> questions because, and I'm not saying it's anything against Mike. I love Mike, but and everyone should love Mike. But so do it's I. Uh, it's been a vendetta this year almost at times. The latest one was uh, against Louisville when when Mike asked his question about what's the message to the team, and he said it's not rocket scientists, Mike. It's not rocket science, Mike. So. <laughs> I don't think he's getting in much at this point. I'm taking the over, though. What do you got? No, I got the over. I think we may have set that too low. Yeah. We might have. Okay. Oh, well. We'll have to track it now. That'll be fun to to check out the press conference. I'll be there. Maybe maybe I'll live tweet based on how many there are. I I think Bayheim (laughs) might... Might be a little upset yeah, because listen, everyone else tweets the out worst kind the of Bayheim answers. All right, let's have some fun with this. All right, let's let's tweet out. Let's grade the reporters. All right. Again, yeah. Bayheim says that this is a critique. People critique the press yeah. conferences. This is going to be our critique. I never understood that one, and maybe we can play it here at the end of this podcast. But where he's like, people actually pay and subscribe to listen to this. This is entertainment. People pay to watch this. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand that? People actually subscribe so they can watch this, and I get critiqued on my performance here. People don't pay to watch YouTube videos, Jim. You're, you're not actually getting... You're, you may have to watch an ad, but that's it. Yeah, seriously. All right, last one before we let you go. Will Jim Beheim bring up a previously written article? Yes, definitely yes. He You're does it every yes. time. Okay, He's done it like s- five in a row now. He reads everything. He's sensitive. I know, he brings yeah. it up. It's been a trend. I, I think that's a clear yes for me. I know he does it a lot, but I'm going to say no here because I think the last presser for him had a lot of fireworks in it. He did so get he's it gonna, all He's going to try to tame it. And I, and I do think Syracuse wins this game too. So I think he'll he'll kind of tone it back a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see. Should be fun stuff. Tim, you're going to be there. We look forward to, to catching all your stuff. Next week, we've got some guests lined up. There's still kind of TBD in, in the works, but we'll have our Monday preview pod, as we always do, and then we'll have some guys littered in with us throughout the week. Looking forward to all that stuff coming up. 
Thanks so much for listening. For Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Aki. This has been Locked on Syracuse, and we'll talk next week. Thank you.